Welcome to the Serie A Show. edition of the City Eye Show. As usual, I am joined by Chloe and Nima. Uh, before we get into, obviously, the Milan Derby, we're first going to go back, discuss a couple of the results from this past weekend. Uh, Chloe, I apologize, but the first one we'll start out with is uh, Juve Fiorentina. <laughs> if we <we're> And, not- <laughs> well, I, I, I think the first thing everybody was drawn to in this one were the penalties. And... Rocco Comizo getting drawn into his first uh, refereeing. Are we going to call it a controversy? I don't know, but... I um, loved it. I loved that he <laughs> used the term porqueria. <laughs> this, I don't even know how to translate that term properly to English. It's, it's piggy. It's like piggy stuff, like filthy stuff. Like, uh, it, it was... I absolutely loved it. His rant... Well, Chloe, let's just let's just start off with you. Does does Uncle Rocco have a legitimate <laughs> have a legitimate argument here? Because I, I, th- I think the first one, if we're talking reasonably here, I think the first one we will all agree was a penalty. Yeah. That second one though is oof. Yeah, I mean, the first one, I think everybody felt sorry for Petzeller. I think that was the issue that he really did try and get his hand out of the way. But to the letter of the law, it's a penalty. Whether he's unfortunate or not, it's a penalty. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, Fiorentina had played really well in the first half and they'd really um, competed well with Juve. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the law. And he took, you know, his hand touched the ball and it stopped it from... Um, you know, it's it's it stopped an opportunity. So that was the first one. The second one, I have to say, was it's not a penalty. It's not a penalty. No. It's not a penalty. Uh, it's it's simple. It's just that simple. It is not a penalty. Um, and and the fact that he used VAR and still got it wrong is just that is that is the mind-boggling part. I mean, sure, you can find some sort of support for it but it's not a penalty that is no to me that is not a penalty no I mean obviously Fiorentina fans have gone away and found similar examples where it's not been given as a penalty and you know it it's it there's not enough in it for me for it to be a penalty but I think the the ranting from Rocco Camiso afterwards um (laughs) (laughs) although it was fairly amusing and and to to you know, I've seen a lot of Juve fans quite upset about you know he's going on about Juve and he's a sore loser and blah blah blah. He didn't just single out Juve. He said that um, Fiorentina um, had a poor decision in the Coppa Italia semi against Inter and the week before against Genoa as well. And I think actually he's playing a very clever game here because whether it's a conscious thing or not, I'm not talking about cheating here. I'm talking about just the general attitude of Italy in general and Serie A, those who shout the loudest tend to get the decisions. Um, And I think it's because in the back of referees' minds, whether it's a conscious thing or not, they are thinking, 
I better get this right because if I don't, this ex-manager is going to go to town on me. And I think for too long, Fiorentina have been very quiet and they've put up with decisions and they've said nothing. And they've always been the team that will go away with the tail between the legs very quietly. Whereas now I think he's saying, hold on a minute, we're not putting up with this. You know, uh, things have changed around here and I want to make a statement. And I think he's been quite clever in the way that he's done that. And, and that you know, <laughs> the things need to change in terms of standards, which we all know they do. Um, and he's, he's saying Fiorentina are not going to be pushed around. And the also the other interesting thing he said was, I'm not just some dumb American. Now, I think that... Which he's not, by the way. I, I don't get why that is even a talking point. He's not. Well, because he, he, well, he was, was born, born in, Italy. in Italy. Exactly. Yes. And, and, yeah. and, and the, but the fact that, you know, Costa Curta said what he did uh, about how I was expecting more from an American, you know, who have, they have a different culture of sports, which we should try to emulate and whatnot. Yeah, they maybe. But at the same time, what Comiso said wasn't just about Fiorentina. What he was talking about was that everyone criticizes the referees. Uh, and when he, when he went against Nedved, I think that was an absolutely brilliant... You know, when Nedved's, Nedved's standing there going, pretending all holier than thou, uh, saying that we don't, we, we don't complain, you know, you shouldn't complain about the referees and blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? Well, when, that's what, that's what when, I was really you curious know, when, to hear. When Gigi Buffon was crying, talking about trash cans instead of hearts, <laughs> did you go into the locker room and spew that bullshit out? I mean, come on, this is nonsense. And the same thing when you went to, when you haven't had calls in, in the league, they go off the they go off the rails as well. This is what happens in the league. So all of a sudden, this holier than thou hypocrisy is just. And I think Comiso called him out on it brilliantly. He said, "Well, if the answer to the question if Juventus have ever complained about the refereeing is no, then then fine. But it isn't, so he should shut the f up." And I agree. Just shut the f up. You know. Well, Chloe, just, what did you think? What did you think about what Nedved had to say? Because he basically told. Oh. Rocco to to start off, um, yeah. and I'm not just saying this because this is going to come off as a bitter Roma supporter, but I've I've never liked Nedved. Um, <laughs> he's from, not a particularly smiley man, is he? He's well, very no, not even that. He's, he's. But what did you what did you think about what he had to say? Because I I thought he he stoked the flame even further. Yeah, I think he did. he did. But I think you know if you if you think about it, um, the the a general point that I take from this is that um, those those who want the decisions have to speak up when things don't go their way. And and I think that <laughs> Juve are part of that system. And I think that Nedved had to had to speak up and, and say what he thought because otherwise next week Juve might get a decision go against them in order to somehow even up the balance. And I, I think that is just part of part of the system rightly or wrongly uh, I mean Fonseca was very upset with the referees wasn't he as well and I even think, today he was yes yeah and I think that it's it's almost like if you can't beat him join him kind of culture that everybody has to speak out otherwise they're just not going to get they're just not going to get the but what, the, thing, the thing that the thing that absolutely puts me over the edge is that you know, okay, Comiso this time, he started talking about Juventus, and I think that was a very big mistake of him. He shouldn't talk about He had no yeah. business saying the things he did about Juventus. May, you know, they, they have a budget of the X, X million euros. Yeah, they nothing, don't, that's nothing to do yeah, with it. Yeah, that's got nothing to do, and they don't need the help from the referees. I think that was going too far. 
But generally, when you criticize the referees, for some reason, Juventini, be they fans on Twitter or the CEO of the company, feel sort of compelled to ride out like William Wallace in Braveheart to defend the referees. And it's just, what? What are you talking about? This doesn't even concern you. The referees aren't part of, you don't need to protect them. You know, there is absolutely no need for that. The, and they're, the, they're, the they're shit for everybody, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, but, I mean, no, but the incompetence that you call out is what you're calling out. Yeah. You're not calling Juventus out. And, and, and that's, just, that's just how it is. And it looks really dodgy. The optics of this looks really dodgy when Juventus, the, the company goes out, the, the actual Societa, the club goes out and starts defending the referees. It looks so dodgy. Uh, so, you know, you're not, they're not exactly helping themselves either. Yeah, I, I just I think that there obviously needs to be a change in the league with the referees and and you know, <laughs> um, Antonioni, uh, Joe Barone, and um, yeah. can't think of the other guy, sporting director. Yeah. Yeah, um... <laughs> um, they all got fined. They all yeah. got fined. However, the thing that speaks loudest to me is the fact that uh, the referee Pasqua. Um, has been dropped for this weekend. So that says it all to me. And you, you mentioned it. Even Paolo Fonseca from this past weekend was extremely um, extremely bitter about the refereeing. I mean, Roma, they had seven yellow cards given to them. Um, <laughs> the foul discrepancy was, was, I think, like 20 to 5. So almost... Roma had roughly four times the amount of fouls. When, I mean, Inter, when Inter played Udinese away this weekend, and within 30 seconds, the English commentator, the incompetence of the refereeing became a punchline in the joke, in a joke <laughs> he made live on air. Like, this is the level where we've stooped to now. The, 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 the incompetence and the inconsistency, literally in situations that are identical, 10 seconds apart, it doesn't matter who they favor. It's the incompetence, and it is incompetence. We don't have evidence for, for, mali- for, for any malice, uh, but it, but, so, so I'm going to say incompetence for now. Uh, yeah. but, but this is, this is absolutely ridiculous and and we are talking you know it's 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 ruining the league and i think comiso is absolutely right about doing that i think he shouldn't have mentioned juve he shouldn't have said a word about juventus because i think that's wrong because that that's that's not it's not you know unless you've got evidence of of the contrary you don't talk about another club yeah uh, and, and it way. makes you automatically sound like a sore loser as well yeah it really does it really does and i think that's where he because he made a lot of good points but the fact that he was angry and you know he has his roots from Calabria. We know that the blood boils <laughs> at a low <laughs> at a low temperature the further south in Italy you go. So um, no, I, I think it's um, I, yeah, I, I think it was an, it was it was a, I loved it because for me that's calcio. That, that's the football. That's the Italian football I grew up with. Uh, pissed off presidents uh, cursing and accusing each other, and you know someone telling someone to you know have a calm down and have a cup of tea and the other guy responds saying that you can take that tea and shove it up your beep beep and, and I just I, I to me this is this is fun I, I enjoy it I laugh at it but if we're going to be serious about it I think you know we've already mentioned what what the takeaway is but you know it's Italy it's it's part of it's part and parcel of the show that is the Serie A yeah agreed well Chloe does that so I obviously I think most of us would agree that Fiorentina were hard done a bit. I don't think three to zero at all reflected no. No. that match in any way, shape, or form. So now it doesn't get any easier for Fiorentina. They have Atalanta, who generally do well against. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think 
at home, Fiorentina have been pretty much okay against Atalanta. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a big test to see if they can bounce back from that disappointment. I mean, they'll have some players back that were that were injured before. Um, you know, I think I think it'll be it'll be a a good match. It's always a good match between these two teams. Um, they've got some, obviously, some of the newer players that they signed in the window will be available too. Um, my concern is that um, German Pat Seller, the centre half, is and the captain is horrendously out of form um, and showing a bit of a lack of confidence. And I don't think that penalty incident will have helped him. So that's a little bit of a concern, especially when you're playing a side that ruthlessly attack like Atalanta. So, yeah, but. Um, I don't. I'm not too disheartened because they play. They did actually play very well against Juve. And uh, I wanted to ask you about Roma, John. Um, given that uh, you know now that Florenzi is away, uh, I thought everything was going to be fine, but it wasn't. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I, I couldn't leave it. Leave it alone. <laughs> I couldn't leave it alone because if anyone follows John on Twitter, you know that he's he, <laughs> he's, he's 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 a bigger idiot magnet than I am. And and this past week, the discussions you've had about Florenzi. They've been delicious to follow. <laughs> People yeah. seriously don't want him back, do they? Um, I actually think <laughs> everybody that knows the people that who are. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing is, uh, listen, Davide Santon has actually done really well this season. Um, <laughs> Which you could says it probably all. <laughs> make well, you, you know, you could probably make the argument that. It is one of his best as a professional footballer. And the reason that is, is he's not asked to really go forward a lot. The way Paolo Fonseca plays, really, it's the left back who's going up and attacking. And it's more or less you're playing with deep-lying midfielder, two center, two center halves, and then the right back who is not venturing forward a whole lot. Um, so I think that has actually helped Santon. But, mm, yeah, I, I mean... Agreed. But what happened Because it felt like... Like it felt like Roma were falling apart, and that was to uh, me, that's, it, that's what crazy. happened. Was people will easily point out Gianluca Mancini for what happened. Um, I point to one Sir Brian Cristante, who because Ramon Monchi had so many bad purchases in the pff, under two years he was at Roma, or just actually, I think it was exactly two years. Um, he had so many bad purchases that the ones that were just bad and not really bad, tend to go under the radar. Cristante is really, really, (laughs) really, really, really bad. And I know we always, regardless of who it is, when, when any of the bigger clubs, they buy a player from Atalanta, we're always weary of that Gasparini, uh, that Gasparini system sort of, factor playing into things is the player actually that good or was he a result of the system that Gasparini has in place there um I am here to tell you that Cristante uh, is a result of that Gasparini system and that Roma are being made to pay dearly for Cristante because listen the drop-off in quality between Diawara and him is like dropping a brick from a 50-story skyscraper um there is that much of a gap and even Fonseca said it today in his pre-match press conference ahead of Bologna 
He said, what we did, it wasn't really uh, an attitude problem. He said, we got it wrong tactically and technically. But he pointed to Cristante a number of times about the amount of space that was left behind him. And he was asked about it today, and Fonseca said, the way Diawara plays, he is a master in his positioning, um, sort of orchestrating right in front of the defense deep in the midfield. Um, That is not Cristante's game. It's not Veritu's game. Roma don't have an alternative. They don't have this alternative who can sit right in front of the defense, dictate the play, good, good in their positioning, good in defense, they don't have anybody except Diawara. So see, when he I, goes see, out, I don't agree with that. See, I don't agree with that. I think Gianluca Mancini can do that, and he did that when they were when they were forced to play him in that role. See, I, see, I, I, I agree with you when he played in that role. He but was then phenomenal. Fonseca, he was very good. Fonseca said he doesn't want to. By doing that, he's essentially having to change the midfield and the defense, and he would prefer to change just one department at a time. Now, to an extent, mm. I understand Fair what you're saying, Fair but. Enough. Um, Cristante is not good. Um, but he's not supposed it, to play in that role either. He didn't play in that role for Atalanta either. And I don't, that's what it's like. Well, he, he played in that weird game. free role. Yeah. Right. But in that, in the three, four, two, one, he was playing in one of those two. And it's a really weird free role where really from a defensive duty standpoint, a lot was not being asked of him where in this role, it's just about everything is being asked of him in that regard. So I, I think, that that's the problem with Roma is when they have their best eleven, they are very very good. But you take away just one of those pieces, and they are you know they're like a, a house of cards. I mean, it just crumbles, and, and they're in huge trouble. So that's what Zaniolo was. Uh, that's what Diawara was or is, and he'll be back in a couple of weeks, I think. So they're yeah, I don't know. So I'm curious what we. Well, what do you guys think then? Because we're talking about Atalanta, we're talking yeah. about Roma. It seems like the, f- unless barring a meltdown by anybody in the top three, I think we could all agree that the top three is set, and it looks like for four that's going to be Roma and Atalanta. So, what's the what's the temperature gauge we're all feeling in this? Because I wanted that- to I wanted to ask you both a little question that uh, I was asked on Twitter and, and that I've been thinking for myself for quite some time and that is, if you look at the number of players that Atalanta have sold Gagliardini, uh, Kessi uh, Cristante every, you know and, 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 and many that just elude me right now, a lot of them have failed, not many of them have succeeded, like they've I don't sold think any of them. I don't think any of them have succeeded and that is that's that brings another question. I mean, Caldara failed miserably. Mancini and Bastoni are the only ones that are kind of doing well. But other than that, uh, but in, and the jury's still out on them. But other than that, are we talking about? I mean, Kulusevski. He, I, I don't really count him as one of Atalanta because he only played with their Primavera and then he went to Parma and became a success. And now he's going to Juve. But if we look at all the other players, they're not doing too well. Um, is that? I mean, is is it is it turning into a situation where your the system and the coach is is so good there that that all these players work in only that system and therefore you're buying fool's gold? What do you guys think? I think I think the um, it's partly that, but it's also the Atalanta thrive on the strength of the collective, and they all increase each other's strengths. And then a big club comes and takes one of those players out of that atmosphere. And they're almost like a fish out of water. They're expected to put in this amazing, amazing performance. 
sometimes they're playing in not quite the same role like um, we discussed with Cristante um, and and it's and it's difficult because the expectation is all on them but they're lost without the direction and the coaching of Gasparini and they they you know especially like at Milan when you think about Kessier he's had so much turmoil there since he arrived you know and Gagliardini has struggled at Inter uh, Caldara has definitely struggled at Juve and Milan and now he's back at Atalanta I mean, the only ones I can think of that have done well outside of Atalanta are Bastoni and Gianluca Mancini. Those are the only ones that I can yeah, think of. But they've, but they've 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 still got stuff to prove. Like exactly, I don't think anybody exactly. could say he's a definite one hundred percent success. No, no, you can't. John, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I I mean, another one that comes to my mind is Spinazzola, who has done good for Roma. Mm, true. Um, I'm just looking at some of the names here, and and it's, I mean, it's alarming. Conti, he's failed at Milan. I mean, yeah. we could go on and on and on and on and on. Um, mm. Certainly, you have to give credence to the system. I, I just, yeah, I, <laughs> I really don't know. I, I it's an interesting me, question, and I know that we, I think we all know that this is something that's being raised more and more in Italy because this is, you know, given that they've become such a selling club that cashes in on players. Um, uh, and, and and yeah, okay, Petania as well. He's done really well for himself. But but no, but but if you look at Atalanta, they they've become such a selling club, and they sell for lots of money, forty five million Kulusevski now. And 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 therefore, I think you know you know they'll you know they'll probably be struggle to sell to other clubs if this continues. Um, I don't know. And I mean, it's weird too because I, I'm just thinking about it and look at some of the players that they have and how many different positions they play in like I'm thinking about Cristante he would play forward he would play in the midfield they have uh Gozens they have Castagna I mean they have all these guys who play in several different roles it's not even that they have a defined position but you see that's I think that's a really good point because that po- that alludes to the whole idea of balance a team needs to be balanced and and Cristante and these players they were players that 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 when they they suited that system because the entire team was balanced in a way where they all played to their strengths now Cristante is playing some 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 kind of a traditional regista role at Roma and he, you know, the, the team that is not a system that he, that, that that he's ba- that he can play in that is balanced to getting the strengths to, to getting him to prove to get the best out of him, and and I think that is that is something we can see with a lot of players with Kessia, I think is a brilliant example of that. Uh, Conti Caldara they were injured. Um, Petania did all right at Atalanta. He's done great at Spal. Now he's going to Napoli. Um, I think uh, Gagliardini is an excellent example of that. He was so so good in that at Atalanta. Uh, he got really the, they got really got the best out of him, and the team was balanced in a way, both attacking wise and defensively, that suited him. At Inter, he's in no man's land except for the first six months when he came under Pioli, uh, where he had Condogbia mixed in. So I, I think I think you're absolutely right there. I think you're onto something there. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, definitely. Sorry, uh, sorry about that sidetrack. That's something I want. No, to it's up. fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about the Milan derby before oh, we go, though. We, uh, so obviously, the big one of the weekend. Um, yeah. Uh, <sighs> I want to talk about Hellas Milan? Verona. <laughs> well, no, I mean, is, can, can Milan actually do it? I, yes. I just, I don't. Yes. Oh come on, I don't see it. You don't on, see on it on paper. On paper, it's. 
it's a definite win for Inter, isn't it? I oh, mean, come on, stop with your jinxes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is, but we, we all know that these matches are not normal matches. So in a way, I don't think even think there's any point predicting it. It's, it's a case of Sunday evening or whatever time it is, wherever you are, sit down, relax and just enjoy the spectacle because that's how they always are. That's what I was going to say. Um, this derby is once again starting to reach the levels where it should be at. The spectacle, the spettacoli, the fireworks. It's, you know, it's at the La Scala del Calcio, you know. This amazing scene. That it's a night game. You have two curvas who put up these amazing tifos. And, you know, this the, the wall of sound that, that everything, you know. It, it, just enjoy it. And, 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 and I think it's going to be two teams that are going to go attack. I think both of these teams. I think Pioli and a certain Ibrahimovic who is always haunted and taunted Inter. Uh, he this is this is this is the ultimate way for them to kind of just stick that flag in the ground and say, We're here, we're back, and completely crap all over Inter's season because it would send Inter spinning into what could be a crisis. Uh, not saying that it will, but it could because um, Inter has spent a lot in January, they they won unconvincingly against Udinese, they 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 went through to the to the finals uh, to the semi final of the Coppa Italia after beating Fiorentina. They, they 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 this is an important month, and uh, and Inter have you know after this they have Lazio and they, this is one of those months that Inter could, you know that that could really really hurt Inter. So I think. This is Milan are relishing this, and Ibrahimovic is the perfect guy to have in these situations. There is literally no pressure on Milan, and whatever they have, he just takes on. They can just go out there and and they can cause troubles. And I think what really concerns me is the fact that if if Antonio Conte insists insists on starting with Christian Eriksen, you know, I don't think this is a game where you start Christian Eriksen. Let him ease into this role. He doesn't have to be good today or tomorrow in a week or two. We've bought him for the long run. Right now, your best midfield is Brozovic Barella Sensi or Brozovic Barella Borca. Brozovic, you know, that is play the 3-5-2 that you've played so far this season that has worked, that the players feel a sense of security in. And I'm afraid that he's going to go a little bit arrogant, that Conte, the way that Conte can and overconfident uh, at times become a little bit too arrogant for his own good. And I think that Inter could end up throwing away this game. That is my biggest fear, because I think I agree with you. If we're all serious, there is no doubt if we look quality player for player, Inter are way better, way better than Milan. But that's that's not that's not how these games go. It's about who who has the who who can get his players to execute the match plan to one hundred percent, and which of the which which of these coaches has the best match plan. So predictions. Let's no, go. I don't do this. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't predict derbies. I don't predict derbies. I don't predict derbies. Not Coward. gonna do it. Okay, not gonna Chloe, do it. you do it. I'm a Cornelio. I'm a, I'm a Cornelio. I okay, admit it. Okay. I'm a um, well, in recent times, they've quite often ended in high-scoring draws. So I'm going to go for a 2-2. John, come on then. 3-1, Inter. Because Milan's good results have actually, thinking about it, they have actually come against quite a few lesser sides. So whether they can continue against the better side, I don't know. But Fiorentina, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Fiorentina, Atalanta, and then Roma are playing. Who are the Roma playing this weekend? At home to Bologna. Mihailovic, yeah. Hellas Juventus is the one I think everyone should look out for as well. 
Hellas play some amazing football. No, they I mean, I know you're well. laughing. No. They play good football. Seriously, they do. Ivan Juric is playing, got them playing some damn good football. <laughs> Ivan Juric has got out of the toxic atmosphere of Genoa. Genoa! And he's right. thriving. <laughs> Every, everyone who gets away from Preziosi has. <laughs> I was going to say, that's more of an indictment on Preziosi than Juric, in my opinion. I mean, look at Gasparini. He's, he's thriving. He's like a. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, we will be back uh, after the weekend to break down all that has happened. So uh, thank you again for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye bye.